and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we're speaking about the AGA Small Business Committee, and uh, we have Mr. Thomas Castro from Castro and Company to talk about that, and also the contribution of small businesses to uh, the government accountability world. So let's talk with Thomas. Hello and welcome to our podcast. And we're happy to have as our guest today, Mr. Thomas Castro, to, to talk about the AGA Small Business Chair uh, Committee. And he's the chair of that committee this year. And also just about small businesses' contribution to the government. So, uh, Thomas, hello. How are you? Thank you, Paul, for the invitation. Now, once again, my name is Thomas Castro. I'm the founder and managing partner of Castro & Company and the chair of the AGA Small Business Committee. Great. Well, let's start off with that. Uh, so, Thomas, please tell us uh, about your role in the AGA Small Business uh, Committee. So, basically, we focus on increasing value and growth for small businesses that are part of the AGA corporate partners. And this can be accomplished in many ways, uh, basically, by providing a forum where small business can increase visibility. For example, by publishing articles in the Journal of Government Financial Management, and maybe recording a eight-year podcast like this one, and participating in the different AGA conference that they have through the year. We also do it by helping them identify teaming partners to successfully compete in the marketplace and educating small businesses to support development, growth, and success in the market. Assisting government agencies identify small businesses to meet their small business award goals. And lastly, by joining forces between small businesses in helping develop AGA programs, sponsorship, and continuing education. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that sounds like a fun task there. Um, well, so let me ask you this. I want to get into your career as well, and then we'll kind of talk about you know, the, the benefits of small businesses. So why don't we just start off with, tell us your story. You know, how did you start your accounting or audit career? Definitely. So I started my public accounting career working in a commercial practice of a local CPA firm in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Then I moved to the DC metro area where I worked for DCAA and the public sector practice of a international CPA firm. And then lastly, I went on my own and established Castron Company in 2004. So now, why did you uh, make that decision to start your own business? Uh, yeah, how did you come, up, come to that decision? So coming from a family that had small businesses, I knew from an early age that I wanted to have my own business. Uh, but the way to get there first was by getting an education in business and accounting, I'm pursuing my CPA. So once I started working in a CPA firm where I really enjoy my profession, and after a number of years working in CPA firms, I decided that it was time for me to branch out and start my own practice. Right. So, and that's obviously, congratulations on that. That's a pretty scary thing. Not everybody is able to do that. Um, so, and I'm sure you Thanks. found out, right. I mean, what was the process to do this? I'm sure it's pretty difficult. So, so the process of establishing a CPA firm or a business as a government contractor is quite complex uh, because you have to comply with so many rules and regulations from the local, state, federal government, and in our case, also the AICPA. 
because we're a CTA firm, right? So for example, you got to create all the business legal documents like operating agreement, article of organization, that you need to register with, with your local county and come up with a doing business as if applicable, right? Also, you need to register at the state level with the state corporation commission. And then uh, with the federal government, you have to apply for an EIN and register uh, with Dunham Bradstreet. So these are examples, right? It's not, it doesn't cover everything, but also then as the business mature, as the government contractor, we, we, are, we apply for the ADA certification. We got the GSA schedule. We also obtained the facility level clearance which all of them require a lot of management time. And for the clearance, you need to have an FSO to manage that too. So, so it gets very, very complex. About how long does that take? How long was that process to get all those things? So everything I mentioned, of course, there's certain things you need to do from the very beginning to have a legal business. So that is depend, right? Whether you decide to do it on your own or you go hire a a CTA to do for you and an attorney. It, it depends on the budget you have, uh, which in many cases, like in my case, when I went on my own, it was myself. So I did I did hire a, a consultant to help me help me on that. But then um, the other part, like 8A and just the schedule, is as the business matures. So it depends how fast you grow your business. In our case, we were doing a lot of subcontracting type of work at the beginning, uh, getting past performance, really a re a developing a reputation, and not, you know, um, a market name. So it took me probably like five years before I got my GSA schedule. Mm -hmm. And the 8A, I probably got it right away, like two years after I went on my own. But it's, it's, it's it's an, a strategic decision. When do you want to get it? Um, and then facility clearance came after. So it's, it's, it could be a, a, a process of years until you have your, your business established. This is if you're starting from scratch, right? Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about that. You know, uh, as a small business accounting audit firm, you know, how do you obtain work with the government? You know, what, how, how does a small business do this? Yeah, as I, as I previously mentioned, it's very complex. And to to do the business with our government, and if you want to be successful, first of all, you gotta, you know, you, you have to become an expert and educate yourself on government contracting. So that that is, you know, extremely important. Um, but you know, there are many uh, ways small business can win contract with the federal government, including small business set aside. 8A set aside, woman owned, SDVOB or Hubstone, it depends the classification of your business. Um, also, open competition, which is when you go to market and compete, compete with large businesses. Uh, Subcontracting and teaming opportunity with large businesses, that is key to in the development of the business and, and creating relationships. Uh, because there's many contracts that are so large that you as a small business is not necessarily going to pursue. So you have those relationships in place and the reputation and pursue those opportunities. Um, and then, but the most, you know, I believe the most important one is to have a contract vehicle in place to be able to sell those services such as um, the GSA PSS and the GSA Oasis. Um, those type of vehicles allow you 
to go to market on your own without depending on on larger business or team partners and stuff like that. So that's one of the most important part of, of being able to be successful. So yeah, obviously as we're as we're saying, there's a lot involved to do this. So, but now you know you have the business up and running. It's been a while. You know, from your experience, what you know, what's your opinion on what are some of the the best you know the best things about being a small business and maybe some of the biggest challenges you've encountered. So I think the greatest benefit of being a small business in the federal government uh, or providing services to federal government is that the federal government has a number of programs in place to support the development of small businesses. And for the most part, uh, they do a good job setting aside opportunities for, for small businesses to compete among themselves. So, so I think that's a advantage for small businesses that, that you know, they set those aside and we're not always competing in open competition. So, yeah, I mean, for sure, that the set aside is definitely one of the huge advantages and a lot of reason people do that. And then, you know, you have to figure out what happens now when we're a large business, but well, that's for another day. Um, so how about a challenge? <laughs> what, what's a challenge that you'd put out there for folks to, to be aware of? So the biggest challenge is, you know, there's many challenges, uh, but they're good challenges, right? And, and But one of the biggest challenges is to be in compliance with all their requirements, the federal government has in place, uh, such as contracting regulations, clearance requirements, GSA contract vehicle requirements, are 8A or, you know, 8A compliance requirements. So which in many cases, in many cases, as you grow, the business will become a little bit overwhelming to manage all those requirements, unless you have a solid operational team around you that can support you uh, handling them. So let's talk a little bit about, so this is from your, you know, your perspective as a business, some of the challenges you've met. Now, if you're on the government side, you know, what would you say, why is it important for, you know, for the government to utilize small businesses? So first, small business bring a wealth of knowledge and solutions and have a proven record supporting federal agencies in meeting and maintaining accountability, as well as fulfilling its mission. So I think that that's a key part of it, that, that we have a, a track record supporting those agencies and, and, you know, it's out there. They can verify those in CPARs, past performance, right? But on top of that, if, if you look at the small uh, SBA Office of Advocacy, uh, small businesses generate, generate 44% of U.S. economy activity. Okay? Then also create two-thirds of new jobs and drive U.S. innovation. Uh, also provide employment opportunities to, to people who might not be employable or do not want to be employed by a large corporation. And lastly, contribute to local economies by bringing growth and innovation to the community in which the business is established, right? And, and one example is that, of that is us, Castron Company, right? For example, we established ourselves in Old Town, Alexandria. So we were leasing a office space over there. Then an opportunity was presented to buy uh, that office space. We bought it. And after that, we redeveloped it with a big development company and we opened a new office space with a hotel, right? So all those things 
bring value to the area, bring access to, to the local, uh, to the county, and create job opportunities. And in some of that, from the council perspective, we also hire in this area, in the metro area. So if you look at all that activity and all that that is created, stay primarily in the local market. Right. And there's even some programs like Hub Zone. That's the reason they exist, right? They kind of vitalize, revitalize uh, the communities. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess, again, I, I'd, li- I'd like to get some advice from you. You, you know, you've been doing this. I mean, how long has your company been up and running? So we've been over 16 years in, in the market. Okay, right. So you've got some great experience. Um, you know, so for people that are thinking about starting a small business, you know, I kind of want to get some, some of your advice um, for somebody who wants to get into, yeah, the small business world for government accountability work. Definitely. Is. First of all, educate yourself on government contracting. It is imperative to have a good understanding of how the government contracting works, works before you establish your business. And I think it's different to the commercial environment. And once you establish the business, you will continue learning the process on a daily basis. So that, that's, you know, number one. Then uh, be open and receptive to learning every day and evolving through the years. Uh, then value and trust your team, including the operations team that supports you so that you can uh, concentrate on growing the business. And lastly, you know, join the AGA as they will be will bring a lot of value to your business and, and market recognition. Right, absolutely. And would it, would it be fair to say that, you know, AGA is where you probably met most of your contacts, both in commercial government? I mean, that's a very important piece of your business, right? It, definitely, yes. When you look at it from the perspective of the number of conferences they have through the years and the and the, the individuals that participate on, on those conferences, uh, primarily from, from the different federal agencies, and also for teaming opportunity, is, is extremely important to be involved, to be out there, because one of the challenges small business have is the recognition, right? Recognizing your name. So, so through the AGA, you get an exposure that is extremely important to be successful in what we do. Right. Absolutely. So just maybe one last question for you here. Um, again, back to, we talked a little bit about the small, you know, small business set asides and all that. Um, I think people know 8A, those are, there's certain time limits on some of those things. Right. And of course, if you, you know, you're lucky enough to earn enough revenue, you're eventually large business. Right. So I just, again, want to get your feel for, um, you know, how, how have things changed over the 16 years? You know, how do you, kind of keep things moving along? What are the challenges, you know, to, 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 as you grow? Because, you know, you can't be small forever, I guess, right? Yes. So definitely, you know, it, it's been a process, a long process to grow a business, right? And, and one of the most important things, particularly when you're at a company, is that you're going to graduate at one point, right? So you got to have a strategy for after you graduate, how you're going to sustain the business and continue growing. And that's what we've been able to do since we graduated uh, around over five years ago, right? And after that, you got to have a business plan 
uh, every year and and keep evolving, keep bringing innovation, having an open mind because the world is changing very rapidly with technology. And to be successful in what we do, you got to be open to adjust fast and got to be able to adjust fast. That's what I would say. Okay. Well, I think that's everything I have for you. Did you want to just give a final word of encouragement for folks, you know, to join the AGA small business group or just any final words for us, Thomas? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Uh, a small business out there, go ahead and join the AGA organization and then, you know, contact me as the AGA small business committee chair and we'll bring you into the team and we'll help, you know, provide some guidance and help you on how to manage you know, the difficulties of owning your own business. So with that, thank you very much, Paul. Great. Thanks again for joining us. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out. AGACGFM.org. Many, many podcasts to come. I got two or three more to post here soon. So hope you all will check it out. Until next time, this is Paul Marshall signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.